0: I'm Heather Roberts here with Dr. Rebecca Hicks, a pediatrician with Mosaic Community Health. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: We are going to be talking childhood vaccinations. And the the timeliness of this conversation is because we've got school exclusion day coming up on the 21st. And that's the day that kids who don't have their records, their updated records with their school or daycare can be kept home. And this is an important conversation. We know that we have a segment of population in Central Oregon who either chooses not to vaccinate their kids or maybe just don't even know what shots are needed to get their kid into public school. So Dr. Hicks, what do you see in clinic when you're working with parents? What are kind of the, the themes that you see when talking about shots?
1: So childhood vaccinations are a hot topic. They're a hot topic right now this month because of the upcoming school exclusion day. Um, but they're also just a hot topic in general right now this year, in the past couple of years. Um, and so I talk to pa- families a lot about childhood vaccinations. I'll have to tell you that I think that childhood vaccinations are probably the most important thing that I do to contribute to community health and to worldwide health of children. So I feel very strongly about the childhood vaccinations that are recommended for children to prevent um, infectious communicable diseases. So this is a broad topic. There are a lot of different things that I could tell you about what I see and the kinds of conversations that I have with families. Um, I, I... have conversations with families of infants um so childhood vaccinations start as as um uh, newborns, and um, so so when I'm having conversations with families of infants, um, more now than I would say ever in my in my 15 years of practice, I am having conversations with families who are nervous, who are afraid, um, and also a lot of families who just have questions. There is a topic of what's called vaccine hesitancy, which is when families are hesitant, um, but there's also a broader group of vaccine inquiry. A, a group of people who have questions and um, and want to know more and want to be involved in decision making around vaccines with their kids. And so I have a lot of conversations with families about
0: that. You mentioned the last couple of years, and I'm just going to bring up the elephant in the room. This is this is primarily because of COVID, right? It is. I mean, it we're is still because- dealing with people getting nervous about that vaccine.
1: We are definitely feel, uh, dealing with people getting nervous about that vaccine. And the way that I see it, as it, it makes sense, any intervention that, um, that a parent agrees to do for their child is a big deal. Um, and parents deserve. Um, to have their questions answered. They deserve to have their concerns addressed. Um, And they also deserve to be a part of the decision. So um, there is recent research, you know, from different scholars around the world that show that um, the new norm in medicine in, in medical care is for shared decision-making, for people to be a part of their own health care and in the decisions that are made around them. And so this is really the norm um, here at Mosaic Medical and and um, in most medical practices, that we make shared decisions with our patients. And so there's been some research that shows that um, that families feel that they are not always and. Uh, um, included or involved and that it's more of a a top-down or an authoritative recommendation your kid needs to get this no matter what and families would prefer to feel like a part of the, the decision
0: it's not even necessarily your child's going to get this it's we're going to do this right now I have the syringe in my hand and, and here we go I mean I I I was a, a mom of a young child once and I remember that when they walk in and you're like wait I I what is this for I don't even I just know that I was told on a form it needed to be done so yes that's and I <laughs>
1: It is. And I actually love it. I love that families are empowered. I love that families um, are uh, taking ownership and want to really be a part of these decisions. They want to be educated. Part of this has to do not just with COVID, but with the decentralized um, medical information. So the fact is that doctors are not the only people who have access to information that any individual can go online to different um, to different. Um, you know, search engines or social media, and they can find a lot of information, which is a good thing. I really like that that people can um, have this information for themselves. So because medical information is decentralized, because people are empowered to have information themselves and to find it themselves, it, it makes sense that they they want to be a part of the decision and not just have it mandated to them.
0: But you say that there is still a level of hesitancy And and again, we know from even past measles concerns, you know, that there are people not getting their children vaccinated against preventable illness. So you've got this decentralized. Obviously, anybody can go to the Internet and get information. But Mm -hmm. is that also a, a, a pitfall? You know, we've how do we know the information we're getting from the Internet is valid?
1: It is a pitfall. There is a lot of misinformation and a lot of the information that people get online is not valid, is completely inaccurate, or maybe partly inaccurate, but it's very hard to determine true from not true online. So yes, I think that we have not yet struck the balance of being able to use decentralized medical information to our benefit as individuals and as communities.
0: So where do we go from here? How how do you talk to parents or what's the advice that you have for parents Mm -hmm. who are hesitant? Maybe they're confused even after talking with you. Maybe they're confused. And the problem is now we're running up against this date that if your child is not vaccinated and you don't have the proper paperwork submitted, your kid's not going to be able to go to school.
1: Well, the good news is that childhood vaccines that are required for school entry start much earlier than an actual school age child. So we're having these conversations with parents of young babies. Um, and so uh, most children enter these school settings a little bit older than that. Um, and so they, th- there's time for me to build a relationship with my parents, um, for me to to show them that I absolutely have their child's best interest in mind, and that I care about their opinion. Um, and then we have time for conversations about their specific concerns. So when I talk to families who have concerns about vaccines, which I have to say is not the majority, the majority of families here in Deschutes County, uh, in all of Oregon, and in, in the United States as a whole, the vast majority of families vaccinate their children against these um, these childhood diseases, and um, which is wonderful because it provides a level of protection um, that that we all can benefit from. What's called herd or community immunity. Um, although I have to say that Deschutes County is teetering on or below levels of protection to to continue to enjoy that benefit for much longer. So, um, but when I'm talking to families, what I like to do is. Is ask them questions what are you worried about um, and are you okay with having this conversation I let them know that I will absolutely care for their child no matter what their decision is um, and that over time we can continue to have the conversation my goal is always to build trust over time um, so that they know that my intention is is um is to take the best care of their child uh, in the short-term and long-term that I can. But oftentimes they do have specific concerns and usually I can address those specific concerns with both scientific evidence and with my own um, experience as a practitioner over the last 15 years. So some of the things that they'll be concerned about are how many vaccinations a child receives at one time or the ingredients, specific ingredients they might have concerns with. Sometimes the concerns are just um, based on missing Information, things that they read online that have been very well disproven, and so generally I can I can allay those concerns. I can help them to feel more comfortable. Although often families, um, uh, you know, take some time to go through that process of understanding the accurate information.
0: In just the one minute we have left, what would you say to families who maybe don't have a primary care physician, they don't have that relationship with a a pediatrician, and they still have all these questions?
1: So I would first say that it's so beneficial for you to have that relationship, for you to have a person to go to. Um, my clinic, Mosaic Community Health, operates um, a main clinic and then several school-based health centers, and we will see anyone. We're open to seeing anyone. Um, and so there's very low barriers to receiving that primary care. And that primary care, is it really is essential for your child's health. So my number one advice to families who don't have someone to talk to about this is to establish a relationship with a primary primary care practitioner. Um, And then the other thing that I, like to mention before we're out of time is that childhood vaccinations are the most well-studied medical intervention that exists. So, um, so they have been rigorously tested. Um, and this is, and I'm going to just specifically say, I'm talking about the childhood vaccinations that are required for school. That does not include flu vaccines. That does not include COVID vaccines. We're talking about protecting your child against ten diseases with vaccinations that have been around for decades and have been safety tested more than. Than, um, than the vast majority of other medications that your child could possibly receive. So these vaccines um, have a long-standing record of being safe. Um, there is no 100% safe medical intervention, but the conversation should be around the risk-benefit calculation and how the benefit to both your individual child and to our community far outweighs the, the small risks that each vaccine has.
0: Dr. Rebecca Hicks, we are out of time, but I really do appreciate you sharing your expertise with us. Thank you so much.
1: You're so welcome.
0: You're listening to FM News 100.1 and 1110 KBND.